0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, how, how many people have been praying a little bit more since I've been preaching on this series on prayer? Amen? So we, are you guys becoming serious prayer warriors? Amen. God is so awesome. I, I really believe this is uh, the key uh, to having a fervent prayer. Uh, Faith life in God is to know how to pray, amen? And uh, hopefully you're taking some of these messages and you're putting them into practice. How many people are putting these messages into practice, glory to God? And I'm telling you, I'm looking at serious prayer warriors this morning. And so we are um, on the third part, on uh, the power of prayer, part three. And we're going to go with our scripture that we've been going with all month. And this is in the book of Ephesians... And of course, just remember this we're we're all you know encountering uh, spiritual warfare at different times. You might be f- battling some spiritual warfare this week and um but I'm gonna say this the greater one is in you amen, amen. and you're an overcomer in Christ, and uh, we need to uh, remember about putting our our um, our armor on amen and so in Ephesians six it talks about the armor but uh, uh, uh ...you know, one in the armor is the word of God... ...and that's an offensive weapon to use against the devil. But prayer, I believe, is also a weapon that we can use against the enemy. And, uh, and, I, I, and when we're learning how to pray... ...I'm telling you, God can unlock any door that's locked. He can, he can cause any chain to fall off. Amen. So Ephesians 6, 18 says it this way... ...pray in the spirit in every situation... Use every kind of prayer and request there is. For the same reason, be alert. Use every kind of effort and make every kind of request for all of God's people. So uh, we're talking about the different kinds of prayer. And today I want to talk to you about prevailing prayer. Amen. Uh, My goal for you today is that you become more bold in your praying. And that your prayers will become more effective. Um, how many people like to have effective prayers in here, amen? In other words, I want my prayers to work. I just don't want to pray just to be religious. You know, a lot of people, you know, sometimes we pray just to be religious. Um, we don't, you know, we even can get religious and praying over our food. It's just something that we do. But, um, you know, uh, we, we, we need to keep our, our, our prayers fervent, Amen. And um, and so we're talking about prevailing in prayer today, and and the, and the word prevail means to prove more powerful than the opposing forces. Prevail to 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 prove more powerful. So so when we're in when we're uh, praying prayers that prevail, it means that we're going to overcome whatever the enemy's trying to overcome in our lives. Can I get an amen today? And uh, you know, no matter. ...how you feel in prayer. Sometimes we can feel ineffective when we pray. Um, but but hopefully through this message today... ...when you walk out of here... ...you're going to be bold as a lion... ...when you get into prayer. Amen? Look at James 5.16. and This is a good place to start. And uh, this is James here... ...and he's talking about prayer... this uh, uh, in, ...in this writing right here. And he says, confess... ...in James 5.16, if you found it, say amen... It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we see here in the first part of this, and this is really powerful because I think sometimes we're believing to get healed and delivered from some things. But uh, I, there's some keys here. For you to get healed and delivered. And one of them is to, uh, to, to confess your sins um, to one another and to God. Amen. And so when we miss it, we, we, you know, if you want sin to die in your life, bring it out into the light. Amen. The enemy likes you know, uh, us to hide sin and keep it in and, and, and act like we're all perfect. But is there any perfect people in here? Any, does anybody struggle and still struggle in your walk with Christ? I'm telling you, I, I still struggle at times, but thank God, God's with us. And, and so when we confess our sins, and I, I, I think that we should always be examining ourselves. The Bible says to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. So we should always be checking ourselves through our heart motives why we're doing things, and we should always be checking ourselves. And if there's areas that we're missing it, and God and the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, we need to be quick to repent. Amen. amen. We need to be quick to confess it. And what happens when we are, and we don't try to gloss over sin or, or misses, when we're quick to repent, uh, it keeps a clear conscience. Amen. amen. Can I get an Amen. So, so I'm telling you that a clear conscience is a powerful weapon in our prayer life. Amen. When our conscience is not clear, then, then our prayers may not be that strong. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so um, 1 John 5, 14 says it this way. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So, so this is saying to me is that, that if we're going to be uh, prayer warriors and we're going to prevail in our prayer time, we're going to have to pray in confidence. Because what the devil's trying to do, can I get out of my seat this morning? What The devil's trying to do is he's trying to get, attack our confidence. And I'm not saying your confidence in your ability, I'm saying your confidence in God's ability. Amen. When we start putting our confidence that God is a big God, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what problems we're encountering, when we have confidence, in a big God, God can do some things. Amen. So, what is enemy trying to do? He's trying to attack our confidence. Amen. So, when we confess our sins, uh, it keeps a clear conscience. And the Bible says, when we do this, we will prosper, and the door of grace will be opened up to our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says it this way: He who conceals his transgression will not prosper. So if he confesses his transgression will prosper, but whoever confesses and turns away from his sins will have compassion and mercy. So that's the first part of James that we're talking about this morning. But this is the second part and this is what really I'm going to focus on for the rest of my sermon this morning is, uh, is this part of, the, uh, of what James said. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Uh, in, the, um, in the Amplified, it says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So you might be thinking, yeah, that's great, Pastor. But, you know, the problem is, you know, it says a righteous man. And I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, you got the wrong thinking. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Some people will read this. Well, a righteous man can pray. That's why I go to you, pastor, because you're a righteous man. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm anointed and I'm righteous. But my righteousness is not based on my calling or it's not even based on my good works that I do on a daily basis. It's based on Jesus's work at the cross. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we have to get an understanding of this, that we are righteous in God. Amen. You know, Jesus, it's called the great exchange. Jesus went to the cross and in uh, and the, the scripture for the Great exchange is 2 Corinthians 521. And it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what, what happened when Jesus went to the cross he, uh sin, he didn't sin, but sin was imputed to him. He became sin and it was imputed to him so that we can become righteous in God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's called the great exchange. So, so I'm, I'm going to say this to you today. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're in right standing with God by the blood of the Lamb. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so this scripture that says that our prayers can be effective and fervent. It can be because, you know, when you understand your right standing in God, when you understand your right standing in God, uh, you're going to you're going to approach the throne room a little differently. And I think sometimes we we get this idea that and God is a big God. He's an awesome God. But we get this idea that we should kind of go into the throne room of God, you know, cower down and say, oh, God, I'm not worthy. And uh, you're so great and so awesome. And I'm just trying to come in here just to get a crumb. You know, know, some of us sometimes feel that way. Uh, Hopefully you guys don't. But but some some people approach God that way. But when you understand your righteousness in God, you're going to approach God totally differently. See, listen. Your kids, that that uh, if you, some of you that have children, and uh, you know they can come into the house and, and they and they don't say, "Dad, c- can I have a glass of milk?" Well, they do if you're serving them. But like my, like my daughter, she was like, "Dad, can you give me a glass of milk?" I feel like I'm serving her, and uh, you know she's eight years old, but we don't want her spilling the milk everywhere. And, uh, but uh, normally you go into the house as a child and uh, when you're growing up in your house, you don't beg mom and dad for, for food. You just go into the refrigerator and get it. Isn't that right? I mean, you, 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 you have confidence that, that, that what they have, you have. In other words, whatever's in that refrigerator not only belongs to mom and dad, but it belongs to you too. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Whatever is in the heavenly refrigerator that we have access to... Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? doesn't just belong to Jesus. In other words, Jesus is sharing his throne with us. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, so we are heirs. Say, I'm an heir of the kingdom of God. And so we're heirs. We're, we're actually joint heirs with Christ... So what, what Christ has, we have. That's pretty powerful this morning. And so we have uh, all blessings. Amen. And so Hebrews 4.16 tells us how to come into the throne room of God. And it says, let us therefore come timidly. No, it doesn't say that. Let us therefore come boldly. Somebody say boldly. boldly. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace... That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we need to come into the throne room boldly. Amen. When my daughter asked me for for a glass of milk, she asked me, you know, she's bold about it. And sometimes I would say, I'll get it. And then then I would wait a little while. And then she said, Daddy, I've asked you for a glass of milk five minutes ago. You know what I'm talking about? Any parents know what I'm talking about here? And she gets a little cantankerous. She gets a little more like, watch it, young lady, you know. But amen. Sometimes you've got to put your kids in place every once in a while. Amen. And so, so we're going to look at an account in the New Testament where the church uh, prayed an effective prayer. And it, it, it set one of the people free uh, in the church, Peter. And we're going to talk about Peter this morning. And uh, let's look at Acts 12. 1 through 16. And we're going to read through this story, so bear with me. We're going to read through this and we're going to get some, we're going to get some nuggets out of this story this morning. And uh, it says here in Acts 12, 1 through 16, I'm reading now the New American Standard Bible. It says, Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, Put to death with a sword. So the church was under great persecution. And so we see that James, the brother of John, was executed. And it, is, and it says here, when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread when he had seized him, and he put him, Peter, in prison, delivering him, delivering him to four squads of soldiers. So, um, Peter was a very important man uh, uh, to the church. And, you know, know, Peter, you know, I'm sure he thought if he could knock Peter out, he could almost squash the movement, the Christian movement. Because Peter was the one that got up and preached and 3,000 souls were won into the kingdom of God. So, so Peter would be basically the ringleader, if you may, uh, uh, of the new Christian church... He he was the, the the one of the great great leaders of the of the New Christian Church. So 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 Herod knew that if he could take Peter out, it would really hurt the church. So so it says here that that um, when he had seized him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers. And and uh, so he was making sure that Peter would not escape. And so he says here. So so Peter was kept in prison. But prayer for him was made fervently by the church of God. And I'm going to say, can I, can I say this, that, you know, it, it's important to be part of a church. Amen. It's important because, you know what, I, I, I want to, you know, if I'm in trouble, I, I want a church family praying for me. Amen. I want people that know how to pray. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I mean, there's divine protection being in church. Amen. Glory to God. And I, I, I'm glad that I'm part of a church, glory to God, and especially a church that can pray, and, and when you're under pressure and when you're under any demonic attack, I'm telling you the church can pray and, 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 and come into agreement and, and, and set you free, glory to God. I'm telling you there's protection in the church. And the devil, what he's trying to do is get us out of church if he can. He, he would love to get, get us out because you know what? There's power when we're in unity, glory to God. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? There's power. So it says, by, uh, but prayer, they, they made prayer for him and they were fervent. Uh, it said, but prayer for his, uh, Peter was being made fervently by the church of God. So it says this, on that very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers Think about this. He's in jail and they got two soldiers, one on each side. I mean, they must have been, you know what it was? You know, the devil is the one that works through people, that evil people. You know, that people, you know, yield to the devil. And of course, the devil was working through Herod. Amen. And the devil knew that God could do something. So he thought that he could use some, some, some brute force. To keep Peter where he was at, you know? But I'm gonna say the devil has nothing on God. No matter what the devil's trying to do in your life, no matter how much pressure he's trying to put on, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. God is bigger, God is greater. See, the, 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 the stupidity of the devil thinking that he's a created, you know, he's not even in the same league with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? See, the devil wants to make you think that he's in the same league with God, that he's equal power, but he's not. He's a created fallen angel. You know, the Bible says that God's, you see, all God has to do is create a bigger uh, angel to squash uh, Lucifer, the smaller angel. He could just create somebody like that. I mean, God's a creator. But God already has an angel, the Bible says, in the book of Revelation. And th- this angel is going to come down from heaven and he's going to bound up Lucifer. He's going to bound up Satan with a big chain and put him in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Think about that. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And what the enemy's trying to do is get some of us nervous. Because what the enemy will try to do is put pressure on us and make us think that we can't come out of the. You're coming out of your problem. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Your problem is subject to change. Glory to God. This church is subject to change. Glory to God. People are coming in. I was praying about that this week. And the Lord said, start visualizing it. We need a visualize. If everybody will start saying that what the enemy will try to get us saying, that we need to all talk the same. Now, if we start talking the same. Now, don't, start, don't be talking like nobody's coming in. Don't say that. Amen. Start saying they're coming in. Amen. Get in agreement. Yes, You're here. Yes, and it's a miracle. No, I won't do yes, You got up this morning. And how some some of you lived your lives before you got here. I won't go there. Amen. It's a miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's a miracle I'm up here. But anyway. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So where was I at? And uh, so the devil's not that big and bad. That's where I was at. And so so he had two soldiers on each side bound with two chains and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell. I'm going to say this. When you're in prevailing prayer, just start expecting some suddenlies. You never know when the blessings of God are going to drop. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You need to expect some suddenlies to happen. In your life. Suddenly somebody comes by and blesses you. Suddenly God opens the door. See, works in suddenly. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. And suddenly an angel. You know, sometimes we think only God can use people. No, God can even use angels to set you. For, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Or have you gone home? Well, listen, you know, this is in the this account is in the book of Acts. But we're still living out. The book of Acts. It has not closed up yet. The stories are still being written. Glory to God. And so it says here. And behold an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared. And light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side. And woke him up saying. Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him. Gird yourself and put your sandals on. This is interesting to me. Peter already knew one of his fishing buddies, because James was one of his fishing buddies. You know, James and John, they had a boat. You know, and Peter, when he, when, 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 when he was catching all those fish, Jesus had taken net. and flew, He actually called James and John over to help him with all those fish. And, and James, the brother of John, was killed by a sword. So you think Peter would be all all upset about it. Probably, you know, oh, man, I'm going to die in the morning. You know what I'm talking about. But Peter was sleeping. Think about that. He was, he was sound asleep with, with, with guards. I mean, who wants to be? Well, I won't go there. But he was sound asleep with, two, with a guard on each side of him. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And he was so sound asleep that the angel had to smote him just to wake him up. Why what listen, when you're encountering some problems and, and some pressures and, and when you're encountering these things, sometimes you just need to go to sleep. Amen. Sometimes you just need to just lay back and say, devil hit me with your best shots. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Sometimes you just gotta just just oh I'm just gonna go lay down and rest. And so Peter, uh, he wasn't wasn't nervous, he wasn't afraid. Why? Because he already had a word from the Lord. He already already had a word. The Lord already revealed to him how he was going to die, and he was going to die an old man. So he already had faith that God was going to deliver him anyway. I'm going to just say this, have faith. Just have faith. Amen. And, and what's so amazing about this is chains fell off his hands. Prevailing prayer will not only cause chains to fall off your life, but it will also cause the chains to fall off our relatives' lives. How many people in here need some relatives saved? How many people need some of your kids to get back to the Lord? How Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? glory to God. And I'm telling you, prevailing prayer will cause the chains to fall off. And the angel said to him, gird yourself, put your sandals on. And he did. And so he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that ...led into the city when it opened for them by itself. The gate opened by itself. Well, we know God opened that gate. And they went out and went along on on one street and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod... ...and from all that the Jewish people were expecting... And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. When he knocked at the door of the gate, the servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate. Now, she got so excited, she didn't even open the gate for him. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Praise God. So, but ran and announced that Peter was standing at the front of the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. Okay. Uh, You know, you know, you know what I love about the Bible? I mean, I mean, if men wrote the Bible, they would never wrote this kind of stuff in here. They would have said something like the apostles knew that Peter would be coming in. But now it says here and and they said, you're out of your mind. I don't know if I want that group praying for me. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Now? You're out. I, I'm beginning to think Rhoda was the only one that prayed in faith, because the Bible says when you pray, pray in faith. But there, but but listen. I'm going to say this, and I heard somebody say it this way: You can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head, and God's promises still can work. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Because it's with the heart man believes. So with a heart, you speak to your mountain. So you, it takes heart faith to move the hand of God. And sometimes, you know, our head will tell us a lot of things. Like, it ain't working. It ain't working. Look around. It's not working. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Your head can tell you a lot of things. But it takes heart faith. And maybe they had heart faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Had heart faith when they were praying. But, but, but she kept insisting that it was so. They kept, saying it, they kept saying, maybe it's Peter's angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him. And they were amazed. Think about that. Are, we, are you ever amazed when God answers your prayer? I mean, it's like, God really answered my prayer. My God, I must have something. I must be in with God. And we should be we 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 shouldn't be like that. In other words, we should be expecting God to answer our prayers. Amen. So I'm going to give you some keys to effective fervent prayer this morning. Well, I've already been giving you some keys, but I'm going to give you some more keys that we first, you know, for you to have effective fervent prayer, you must have something. Now, this is very profound. You must have something to pray about. Boy, that's quiet. It was supposed to be a little funnier than that. But if you're gonna, are you listen to what I'm saying. Today? if you're going to have prevailing prayer, you must have, something to, you must have something to pray about. Amen. You must have something that you're focusing your prayers on. And so one of the ways uh, that, that we're going to move into prevailing prayer is that, that we need to pray out of our pain. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Sometimes we have a tendency when we're dealing with pain or dealing with an issue or dealing with a problem. We have a tendency to talk about it. You ever talk about your problems? You ever discuss? Oh, I'm just I'm just talking about my problem, you know, and we, 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 we have a tendency. We want to talk about it. You know, you're feeling the pain. Oh, I'm hurting today. <laughs> Are you listening? Uh, how you feeling, baby? Oh, I feel like, oh man, six foot under. I feel bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we want to talk about it. Oh, what, what's going on? A scratchy throat. I got all, I got a head, you know, I got all these issues going on. But, but you know, I'm not going to say, don't talk about it. Pray about it. We need to pray through our pain. Uh, you know, David said it this way in Psalms 18.6. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And I cried to my God for help and he heard my voice out of his temple and my cry for help, uh, help before him came into his ears. Listen, if God hears your prayers, your prayers are answered. Amen. Now, I say that again. If God, if you get an audience with God and he hears your prayers, your prayers are answered. Amen. So sometimes uh, I think sometimes, listen, I think, listen. Can I talk to you today? I, can I talk to you today? Can I really talk to you today? I think sometimes if uh, this might be a little hard. Can, can, can the pastor get a little hard this morning? Can, can, can you handle it this morning? I think if we didn't have problems, some of us may never pray. Oh, oh I, said, I said it today. I, if we didn't have a problem, I don't know if we would be praying to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Because I, I think it's the problem that drives us to our knees. Amen. I think it's the issues that we have. If we've never had problems, then I don't know if we would be even sitting in here learning about how to pray. Praise the Lord. Like, I don't need that, that seminar, Pastor. I don't have any problems. Oh, no. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you know what? You may not have a... Pro- See, that's, that's a problem with some people that, that, that that's, that's living for themselves and not living for God. You know, they haven't, they haven't encountered big enough problems yet. But you know what? I always believe a crisis brings us to Christ. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? A lot of times that crisis in our life will bring us... To our knees and bring us to where we can have a, you know, what, what we really need is we don't really need to get rid of a problem. We need a perspective change. We need to change the perspective on, on how, what the problem is. And when we change the perspective, then I, I believe that we will change the way we deal with our problems. Can I get an amen or O oh me? So, so, so our problems uh, will push us to seek for the promise. And, and you know, see, see, the devil's already messed up because, see, when he starts attacking you, see, there's only two things you're going to do. You're going to talk about your problems and keep talking about it and not pray about it. And, and the problems just going to seem to get bigger. Or you're going to get into some serious prayer and you're going to pray about it and you're going to come out victorious on the other side. And now you're going to have a testimony. Yes. And the devil is going to be sorry that he ever attacked you in the first place because you're going to be telling everybody... How weak the devil is. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And, that, and you will have a testimony. And see the devil, it's a two edged sword for the devil. He's trying to take the word of God out of you. He's, he's trying to challenge your faith. He, he's trying to come in and steal, kill and destroy. He wants that problem to swallow you up. But it's not going to swallow you up. You're going to swallow it up. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So so Listen. Uh, we 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 need to pray through our pain. In Isaiah 38, uh, uh, this is talking about King Hezekiah, and um, in the book of hesitations. I'm kidding. There's no book of hesitations, but King Hezekiah in the book of Isaiah. Boy, you guys are a tough crowd this morning. The book of hesitations. Okay, um, King Hezekiah was he 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 he's in the book of Isaiah, and let's read this account here. It says, in the days of Hezekiah was sick and near death. Uh, can somebody say he had a problem? He had a problem. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, thus says the Lord. Now, think about this. King uh, Hezekiah was, was sick. He was feeling bad. And then the prophet comes in. And the prophet's going to give him a word. And the prophet's only going to give you two words. He's going to give you a positive word or a negative word. It's a 50-50 chance that you're going to get a good word. And I'm sure he's hoping for a good word. When the prophet comes in, you want to hear, you're blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know what? Uh, Isaiah uh, did not give him a really good word. And let's read what he uh, he said here. Uh, He said here, uh, so thus says the Lord, this is Isaiah says, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Ooh, When the prophet tells you you're going to die and not live, you're in trouble because the prophet is the mouthpiece of God. And the prophet is talking to, you know, uh, uh, King Hezekiah and saying, get your house in order. You are going to die. And this is coming from a God servant. Think about that. And it says here that, uh, Hezekiah turned, it says, Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before that prophet walked out of that kingdom, God turned him around. And God turned him around and and the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add your days 15 more years. Think about that. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of King Assyria. And I will defend this city. Man, God heard his prayers. God, God saw his tears. It moved the heart of God. I'm telling you, when we start getting serious. See, listen, if you're not serious about your problem, I don't know if God's going to get serious about it. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, we got to get serious when we're encountering an issue in our life. We need to get serious and we need to do like, like King Hezekiah. We need to turn our face. To the wall. We need to shut everything else out. And we need to focus on God. Are you listening to me today? And he focused on God. And because he was serious, he had a heartfelt prayer. And it touched the heart of God. Amen. And God blessed him. More than what he expected because he already had a kingdom coming against them. And God said, I'm going to deliver you out of this, the hand of king of this kingdom that was coming against them." Amen. The second key to prevailing prayer is that we need to pray prayers with passion. We need to be passionate about praying our prayers. In other words, you know, a, a, a daisy prayer. I don't think it's going to get too far in the kingdom of God. And so we need to get passionate. Hannah was a lady in first Samuel and first Samuel one and two. And, and she, uh, was a barren lady. And, uh, at that time, her, her husband had two wives. Uh uh, 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 you know, there was another wife that had children and she was barren. And, um, and so she was praying. She got to a point where she got, she was done with being barren. She got to a point where she went to the temple and she started praying out to God. And, and the Bible says she prayed out and she was in such distress. And she finally, she made a deal with God. She said, if you would just give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Hannah hey, said, I will give you my son. If you just give me a son, I will give him back to you into the ministry. I, I will dedicate him and, he, and I'll give him back into the ministry. And uh, he, she was praying, and, and the Bible says she was praying so passionately that, that words weren't coming out of her mouth. She was praying, but her, but her mouth was speaking. And Eli, he was so spiritual, he thought she was drunk. Sometimes us, us ministers can be very spiritual, amen? Eli wasn't too spiritual. He's like, woman, put your wine away from you, you know? Why are you are doing it in the, in the house of God drunk? Oh, you hear what he saying? He thought she was, you know. She said, "I'm not drunk." Yeah. She said, "I'm in remorse. I, I'm praying to God." And, and and he, I think he was a little embarrassed because he said, "May God answer your prayer." You know, and when the prophet and the priest of God says, "May God answer your prayer," that's talking about a prayer of agreement. We're going to talk about that in a few seconds. And you know, he and and she went away from her house with joy. She went away from the. The, the, the church or the synagogue with joy. And the Bible says she conceived and she bore a son named Samuel. Think about this. And Samuel, ended up, she ended up giving Samuel, once he was weaned, back to Eli. Eli actually raised Samuel up in the synagogue. And he became one of the mightiest prophets in the Bible. The Bible says that his words never fell to the ground. In other words, whatever he prophesied, Samuel came to pass. He was the one that anointed the kings, of, the first two kings of Israel. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Samuel was used mightily of God. But, but the story doesn't end there. Because you know what God did for Hannah? God gave Hannah five more kids. Think about that. You can't outgive God. You, you you make a vow, and you start giving to God, God will outgive you, Amen. and and the Bible says that Hannah uh, that God opened Hannah's womb and she had five more kids, three boys and two girls. Do we serve a God of more than enough? Amen. We serve the awesome God. Uh, you know uh, another uh, key is 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 a key uh, to prevailing prayer is that we need to pray our prayers with persistence. Jesus said we ought to always pray and not faint, in other words don't give up Don't no, you know don't give up on, on uh, because you haven't seen it in a week or two weeks or two months don't give up no no, no, you need to stay in there, you need to stay persistent. You know I, I like this story in First Kings eighteen. It's, it's about Elijah and the uh, you know he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three years or three and a half years. And then he started praying. He was moved on by God to pray for rain, and so he prayed for rain. And guess what? Uh, you know he 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 said to his servant, "Go now, look for a, for a cloud." And and his servant went up and you know looked for the cloud and came back and said. Uh, I don't know what's going on. This is Pastor David's paraphrase, all right? But there's no cloud. And then, you know, Elijah says, "Mm, maybe I missed it in prayer. (laughs) No, he said, go back a second time and look for a cloud. And, you know, and, and then so his servant went the second time and came back to Elijah and said, there's no cloud. Now, you know, I'm talking about being persistent in prayer. I'm talking, listen, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, now, when you're praying a prayer of petition, uh, normally what you want to do is pray that prayer once, and then thank God the rest of the time that it's done. Now, when you're praying a prayer of intercession, you can pray that same prayer over and over again, but a prayer of petition, you want to pray and believe that God's doing it, and then thank God he's doing it. In other words, a prayer of persistence, when he was saying, go look for the cloud, he was staying in an attitude of expectancy. He was saying, go, keep looking. In other words, in our persisting prayer, we've got to keep looking for the answer to appear. In other words, don't give up. In other words, keep, every morning, start looking for that breakthrough every morning when you get up said this is going to be the day of my break. This is the day that the pains leave in my body. This is the day that, that my relationship is getting restored. This is the day. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Have you gone home? So, so in, in persistent prayer, that, what that's telling me is we got we got to stay expectant that God's going to move. And so the third time, Elijah said, go the third time. And you know what? The Bible says, go the fourth time. And then the fifth time, no cloud. The fifth time, no cloud. Now, we don't know how much walking this guy had to do. We don't know if this was a period over a period of, an, uh, of five hours, five days, or five weeks. Or seven, because it actually went seven times. The sixth time, some of us may have given up. But then he said, go another time. I believe that Elijah would have kept him going. In other words, if it wasn't the seventh, it would have been the eighth. If it wasn't the eighth, it would have been the ninth. If it wasn't, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But the seventh time, he says, there is a small cloud. And he said, that's enough. See, just a little blessing. When you start praying and a little blessing pops through. That's, you. that's it. I'm telling you, my blessings are about ready to drop down. Glory to God. In other words, get excited. In other words, get excited. Don't say, oh, that's a little blessing. Oh. No, get excited about the little blessings. Get excited about the parking spots. You know, the close parking spots. You pray for a close parking spots. Well, you really need the exercise and drop. No, I won't go there. <laughs> Amen. I won't go there. But, but, but thank God for the little blessings. Amen. <laughs> and so he said, this, it's like the size of a man's hand. And, and, and so Elijah got so excited. And then all of a sudden it said the whole, the whole sky became dark. And I'm telling you, and he got so excited. He said, "Ahab, you better get you better get to to your uh, 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 to your mansion or to your castle because it's about ready to rain cats and dogs." And the Bible said he got so excited, Elijah got, he outran the chariot. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, when we start staying persistent in our prayers, we're going to see God move. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It may not happen when we first pray, but just stay persistent. Stay in an attitude of expectancy. Amen. And then we need to talk about the power of agreement and this is, this is powerful in, in prevailing prayer. It says in Matthew 18, 19, it says, Again, I say to you that if two of you, this is Jesus speaking, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done to them by my Father in heaven. Amen? In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, you know, listen if your prayers don't seem to be going any further than the ceiling, get somebody to agree with you. Get in agreement. Stand in agreement. And, you know, there's power in agreement. That, that, there, that's why there's power. You know, I was thinking about that last night. There's power in unity. And when we start standing in agreement and in unity, God will move. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so he's saying stay in agreement. There's, there's, the Bible talks about that, that the commanded blessing is on unity. And so as we, as we stand together in agreement, God can move. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, so that's the reason why we come together as ch- in church because there's a corporate anointing. There's a corporate blessing when you come to church, and God can bless your socks off right where you're at. How many people have their socks still on? No, I won't go there. But anyway. So number five, uh, the, number five, uh, and the, the final key. To prevailing prayer is the power of using the name of Jesus. In other words, when we pray, you don't pray in your name. You don't pray in Buddha's name or Muhammad's name. I mean, it won't, nothing will happen. But you pray in Jesus' name. In other words, the Bible says this. It says in Mark, uh, it says here uh, uh, in well, I don't have scripture reference, but you're going to have to look this one. It says, In that day you will ask me nothing, but most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask, this is Jesus talking, whatever you ask in, in the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be made complete. What Jesus was saying was this He's saying that there's going to be a day when he's resurrected. And the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And when he's resurrected, his name is going to be so powerful that when we use it, all heaven bows to the name. All heaven, hell, anything will bow to the name of Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So when we pray, we invoke the name of Jesus in our prayers. And that's, and that's like the power of attorney. That's like, like God giving you Jesus. You, know, you know what power of attorney is? You have the power to, 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 to sign somebody's name and, and to take their property. Amen. We have the power of attorney uh, of Jesus. When we, when we speak the name of Jesus, things change. Call upon the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and you shall be safe. When we pray in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Devils tremble in that name. Are you listening to me? Your problems will start to falter and fall under the name of Jesus. Your issues will fall under the name of Jesus. There's no other name that is in heaven on earth. than no other name but that name. No other name. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. You believe that today? And when we invoke that name, that's a powerful way of seeing our prayers being answered. Glory to God. Did you receive something from this this morning? Glory to God. Let us pray, bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and for your goodness this morning. And I thank you, Father God, that you are uh, raising this church up to be mighty prayer warriors. For you. And Father God, I just thank you that you're moving with a strong and mighty hand. Perhaps you're here this morning or maybe you're watching online and, and, and you, you don't know for sure where you stand with God. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And, and you can, uh, you can know for sure by asking Jesus to come into your life. So I, I if you're watching today online or even here in the audience this morning and you're not too sure where your stance at, you can know today just by praying this simple prayer. Pray this prayer after me, meaning in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name, amen.